I had the incredible pleasure of having Tony D from Poisonous Poets, one of the country's greatest battle rappers, in the studio with me to talk all things Reasonable Doubt. Uh, we intended on having it as a very normal episode, but it ended up being much more than that. Uh, it ended up being sort of two and a half, nearly three hours worth of material. And uh, if you've ever followed Tony's work in any form, you'll know that the man's got uh, more gems than a jeweler's. So I didn't want to uh, lose anything. So what I've done is created a two-part special for you. Um, it's about Reasonable Doubt, the Jay-Z debut album, um, but we go into all sorts of chat about hip-hop stuff from uh, the bygone era of the 90s and before that, actually. It's, um, it's really great and I'm really proud of it. So um, you're going to hear this in two parts and I really hope you enjoy it. So thanks very much for rocking with us as always and there's a lot more to come. Peace. Hello and welcome to the Notorious P.O.D. Reasonable Doubt. I'm your host, John Bass, and I'm absolutely delighted to say I'm joined by UK hip-hop royalty, a member of Poisonous Poets crew, the first man in the world to successfully defend a battle rap championship twice. The man considered by many to be this country's greatest battle rapper, Tony Days in a motherfucking boot! Hi, hi. How you doing, mate? You I'm good? good, I'm good, bruv. Glad mate, to be it's, here. it's a glorious sunny day. It's a lovely sunny day. And we're day. sitting inside with the blinds down. Bruv, we should be out in the park. <laughs> Beer's, beer o'clock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just just getting into some hip-hop. Because we love hip-hop. That's, yeah, what, that's exactly. what it is. We do so, it for the course. Yeah, exactly. So my, we're sitting in my lounge like uh, with the blinds down, half-decorated lounge, glasses of water. So we're, we're kind of like the watered-down hip-hop yeah. podcast today yeah we're the grown men yeah like, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly we've matured yes yeah, it's, it's the mature <laughs> podcast for a mature listener that's that's what we're all about um how's things though mate you good yeah i'm blessed bruv i'm good man i'm uh, on half term at the moment so living the dream living the dream <laughs> yeah, mate, it's been a tough term trust me <laughs> tough term so you need that break yeah i definitely need that break um yeah but i'm on half term uh that's all right i've got a battle coming up in september this uh Pretty big one, show you horror's new premier battle thing. Yeah, man, it looks exciting. Um, yeah, so I got that coming. I just had a conversation last week about making an album. Oh, shit, is this an exclusive I'm this getting is, right yeah, now? Yeah, oh, for real, oh, it is, mate. yeah. For Damn. real, I'm the first person I spoke to about it. Yeah, I had a conversation about it. Um, it probably happened. I've been saying that for a long wow, time. Wow, man, that's amazing. It'll it, probably happen. Can you give me any more details, like who you've been uh, speaking to, who's on the production, anything like that? No, I've said too much already. I'm <laughs> going to keep this like, cushy. Uh, but yeah, no, they're, they're, they're probably a album in the works, probably. Mate, that's amazing. That's good to hear as well, because I think a lot of people would want to hear that. You know, I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. I'm trying to get paid. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The thing is, I feel like we're in, a, we're in a situation now, particularly like in the UK scene, where like UK stock is very high mm. and I think from all like the kind of subgenres in the UK all the various forms of hip hop rap drill grime etc I think there's a lot of people that want to hear like different voices different styles uh, unlike America where you know some of the more lyrical content kind of artists are being put to the side yeah. I think here there's still very much a lot of thirst yeah. for that yeah I think Dave is, is testament to that yeah, absolutely you know, the kid is Incredible, like he's a national treasure. That boy, yeah, and he's like he's a, he's 19, 20, 20, 20 yeah. years of age, man. man. Like, and the kids, yeah, he's incredible. Like, I've got so much time for what he does, mate. Totally, but uh, you're right. This, he's but yeah, he's a prime example of the fact that, yeah, like he's the biggest art at the moment. Um, and he's he, he he's lyrical, it's, yeah, it's not. He's not out here talking about how many guns he busts or yeah. just rhyming on certain beats. No, he, he's really rapping, yeah, and yeah, you gotta love that, mate. Totally, and I think that's um. 
I think that's where the UK scene is at. Don't get me wrong, like there's a there's a whole scene out there for the vibe and for people mm. just want to hear party tracks. Oh, there always will be. Um, but I think yeah, particularly kind of on the on the hip hop side, there's there is a thirst for lyrical hip hop still. So I think people want to hear that. So yeah, like, I mean, it's because it's still out there. People still make it. Do you know what I mean? Make, you, if you, you look for it, you will find it. It's just not like mainstream. But like what used to be reasonable doubt used to be mainstream. Of course. Do you know what I mean? Like it's 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 lyrical stuff, but. Yeah, it's, it's just kind of, like you said, it's shied away from that. Yeah, but it's, it's good, like you said, there's uh, like Dirty Dyke had an album out in the yeah. last year, uh, like Ocean Wisdom. There, there's people out there that are still making, you know, top quality hip hop, so it'd be nice to get a Tony D record. Yeah, in the mix. it'd be nice for me, to be honest. Just yeah, mate, this time. It's been a long, long time coming. So. Mate, it's good. Well, keep us posted on that, mate, because that'd be amazing. Do. But look, thank you so much, because we've been uh, trying to have you on for a while. Yeah, it's been a minute. No? Yeah, and I appreciate it, mate, because I know you've been a busy man, and especially because I mess you around the last couple of days. Like, can you do Tuesday? Oh, no, actually, can you do Monday? No, actually, you can do, like, Tuesday and then Monday. So, mate, thanks yeah, for... No, it's not a problem. Like I said, it's half-term. Your kids have gone away. <laughs> um, I'm free. I'm, yeah. Yeah, I've gone a wrong while, man. Yeah, mate, it's good. That's good to know. Um, as it's your first ever episode, and hopefully you'll come back so we can get some more insight from you. Uh, as it's your first episode, we always ask people the same two questions. Okay. Okay. Definitely. Boxing music, right? So imagine you're a boxer, you're going for the world title. Yeah. You're coming into the ring. What music am I going to hear pouring out the speakers to get you hyped for the fight? Uh, do you know what? Just it's, it's going to sound mad cliche, but it's got to be LL, innit? It's like it's got to be. Mama said, "Knock you out." Like it has to be. I don't. I can't think yeah, of anything yeah. else. Like my mum said, "Knock you the fuck out." Like that I'm, as I'm walking down to the ring, the lights is on, the crowd are cheering. Like yeah. yo, it's you not know my mum said. Like I do what my mum says goes in it. Yeah, like, it's just normal, normal. Yeah. So yeah, like I think it's gotta be that. There's no. There's nothing that's. Like what else would kind of intimidate your opponent? Well, so for me, go ahead. Bring the ruckus, Wu Tang. Because as soon as you hear that fucking just slams in, like, bring the motherfucking ruckus. As soon as I hear that, mate, I'm fucking punching through walls. Yeah. To get Do you know me. what? Yeah, you, uh, saying that you might even be right, you know. You know one of them, time for some time for some time for some action. Right, that's what I'm time. saying. Yeah, anything we used to slam dance to, that, that, that's the type of shit there. That's what I'm saying. Anything that's like, yeah, that's just so like aggressive. Yeah, that, like, that, I guess MOP would be a good, Anti Up would be another good amazing. one. Amazing, yeah. Uh, even Cold As Ice would get me going, I think. <laughs> I mean, that's hard. Yeah, I, this shit knocks still. Yeah, yeah, just you want something that's yeah. going to amp you up. We had Simon yeah. Says, people said that. Yeah, that's another good one, man. Yeah, it's that. Like, yeah. So there are some... Yeah, they're them big... I still think mama said knock you out. Like, mate, I'm, a, yeah. I'm staying with, like, my mum said beat you up. Yeah, so... Mate, so it's like, a solid like choice. primary school again, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, playground bully, like, you're getting it. So. Yeah. Mate, that's a good pick, though. No one's had it before, so... You got an original pit there. Oh, that's all right. That's good, man. Everyone has gone for that. Nah, that's the first time. <laughs> man, that's good. Um, and the second question is, you got to pick one album that becomes the only music that you can listen to forever. And we've had some, like, what I'd call, like, kind of outside-of-the-box thinking on this. So we've had people saying, like, compilation albums, like Now 25 mm. or whatever, or, like, so-and-so's greatest hits. But yeah. um, it could be anything. It doesn't even have to be hip-hop, so you can have any, any album you like. Anything I want. Oh, mate. Because um, you've got a picture, yeah? So you're, you're still living a normal life, but you just, you've only got one album that could ever be the music that you listen to. Do you know all of the albums in the world? Like, I was thinking Illmatic, yeah. but it's only nine songs. Yeah. Um, it might be The Yard Father. Okay. It might be Saigon, The Yard Father mixtape. Wow, okay. That's what it might be, because that bangs from beginning to end. 
It's got about 22 songs on it, 23 yeah. so songs. So you're getting enough coverage. Yeah, and it's got a lot of different... It's got a song about his mum. It's got a song about being released from jail. It's got, like... Yeah, it's got a lot of stuff on there. Uh, yeah. Maybe like, maybe that. Yeah, that's maybe good. Maybe that. That's the thing. I think it's, there's a few levels of this question because it's kind of like, do you think about it just from a... Well, I love this album. But then you got to think... To, like, for me personally, anyway, some albums get me in a certain mindset. Mm. So like if I like if I just I don't know want to get into kind of like a bit more thought provoking hip hop then yeah I'd probably listen to like Illmatic. If I just want something that's just got some like bangers that I can just drive to maybe it'll be like Dre two thousand and one mm. whatever. So it's difficult to get one album that like covers all spectrum yeah, of emotions. It's got so everything in it. Yeah man. But yeah, I think I go with uh, Yard If it'd have to, I'd have to pick hip hop. Yeah. I'd have to pick as the genre of music. I couldn't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the Yard Done. All right, mate. Well, look, um, we've obviously been speaking for a while about having you on, um, and every time we like talk to people about coming on, we always sort of say like, "You can do any album you want. What, what album do you want to do?" And you straight away went to me, "Can I do Reasonable Doubt?" And I was like, <laughs> "Yes, yes, you can." Because we yeah. we've been wanting to do Reasonable Doubt was like one of the first albums, but I was like, "Mate," it's, I said to Gaz who did the podcast with, I was like, "Mate, we we should hold that back because it's such a brilliant album. We need to it's do incredible. it justice." So, Incredible. what is it about Reasonable Doubt that was like your first thoughts about like doing this pod? Well, there was the thing is there was a few albums I thought of. Yeah, you know, there was a few things that I, there are a few albums I'd like to talk about in terms of the impact that they had on me. Yeah, uh, on hip hop, on whatever. But um, Reasonable Doubt, I know it might have been done. Yeah, yeah. Because that probably would have been one of the the other first ones I would have thought of. But Reasonable Doubt, it came out. Peak, at a time when it was peak lyricism in yeah. hip hop, like you had to be on your game, like ninety five, yeah, ninety six, yeah. Um, Nas had already bought out your mic. Uh, it was written coming the same era. Uh, I think Cuban Links had just come out. Uh, there was it was just an era for the infamous, yeah, Liquid like, Swords all around. Yeah, everything time, was yeah. just that same time, man. Like it was a great time for hip hop, and like the levels were so high, and. He dropped this album, and for me, yeah, it's just classic from start to finish. Like I remember seeing um, the Dead Presidents video, and it was the first I'd ever heard of this guy. Yeah. I saw it on MTV Raps. So that's where we got all our hip hop yeah, from. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> Those times, but yeah, like I'd never really heard of this guy Jay Z before, and I heard his song. I liked the song um, when I bought the single, uh, and then just got into it from there. And like, yeah, the album is incredible, man. It's, yeah. I mean, it's like a milestone in hip hop. I think for the time that it is, for the career that Jay went on to have, it is so significant in hip hop history. Yeah, for sure. And we're gonna get into kind of like all the detail, exactly like you said there about like for Jay's legacy, mm. what it actually means, what how it kind of changed hip hop, and the kind of level that uh, that album set for other rappers that to come after. Um, and to f- the fact that he dropped it in the middle of this unbelievable time period yeah, in amazing. was crazy. Because um, we've spoken about that before on the pod in the, in the sense of like that sort of era, essentially kind of like after Illmatic, where people were like, shit, like this, this kid... Yeah, he set the bar. Like, he set just... the bar high. <laughs> yeah. And if we're coming out, like we need to either bring something like fresh and original or we need to bring something like lyrically that's on par with that. And, and the albums that you've named there, like Infamous, obviously Reasonable Doubt... Um, you know, Liquid Swords, Cuban Links. These albums, like all of them, sound really different. Production-wise, yeah, it's quite different. 100%. All of them, but they're all bringing a really high standard, and they've all been 
you know, they've stood the test of time. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. These albums are like <laughs> yeah. classic the pinnacles, man. These are, these are uh, like yeah, they lit the way. They you know like the Mount Rushmore. Yeah, they, like man, those shits is on there. Um, yeah, it's incredible, mate, for sure. And and that's I think testament to reasonable doubt that it's in that list with that company because it's that good. Um, what we're gonna do now is get into uh, your murder stats. So for those of you that don't know, basically we give you all the facts and stats about the album, so you can get up to date with all the numbers, and then we'll come back and break it down and carry on with the rest of the album. So these are your murder stats for Jay Z's Reasonable Doubt. These are your murder stats for Jay Z's Reasonable Doubt. Reasonable Doubt is the debut studio album by American rapper Jay-Z. It was released on June 25th, 1996 by Rockefeller Records and Priority Records. The album features production by DJ Premier, Ski, Nobody and Clark Kent and also includes guest appearances from Memphis Bleak, Mary J. Blige and the Notorious B.I.G. among others. The album features mafioso rap themes and gritty lyrics about the hustler lifestyle and material obsessions. Reasonable Doubt debuted at number 23 on the US Billboard 200, on which it charted for 18 weeks. It was promoted with four singles, including Ain't No, Can't Knock the Hustle, and Reasonable Doubt was certified platinum by the Recording Industry Association of America, and as of 2006, has sold 1.5 million copies in the United States alone. A critical success, it has been ranked on several publication lists as the greatest rap albums ever, while many hip-hop fans have viewed it as Jay-Z's best work to date. It produced four singles, Dead Presidents, released February 20th, 1996, Ain't No, March 26th, 1996, Can't Knock the Hustle, released August 29th, 1996, and Feeling It, released April 15th, 1997. Those were your murder stats for Jay-Z's Reasonable Doubt. So those, they were your uh, murder stats for Reasonable Doubt. Some, um, some interesting ones in there. Um, the one we, we were just talking about it kind of off air, but um, it's a bit of a shock to us that Reasonable Doubt only went platinum as of 2006 and it only sold 1.5 million copies in the United States. That's crazy. That is mad. It's and this crazy. is a theme that seems to come up on a lot of these albums is while they're like legendary and classic albums, they haven't had the commercial success um, that we would like now kind of associate with artists like yeah, but Kendrick I think and Cole. It's the difference in what commercial success was then and yeah. what it is now. That it's a whole uh, like even thinking about it. Just me myself, I was a teenager. Everything was like radio. Like the, I listened to hip hop on the radio. I bought the Source magazine. I bought Hip Hop Connection. Yeah. Uh, I went and bought the CDs. Um, I watched Young TV raps. So yeah. everything like. It made you think everything I did was rap related, so it made me think that it was this amazing big machine. And yeah, yeah. Then you kind of found out it was still really niche. Like even at the height of the golden era, yeah, that's yeah. when you consider the golden era, it was still very very niche. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we spoke about it on the pod a few times, and it's that's the only thing I can attribute it to is that, yeah, hip hop now is. And it's difficult, isn't it? Because when you're living through something, you're you always look at it in rose tinted, or you look yeah, at it with yeah, a, a bias. So it's like we're looking at it going, oh my god, it's done nothing. But it's like at the time, that would have been like remarkable, yeah, like, mad like, platinum. Like, like yeah, it was crazy. It's yeah. what every rapper was. That's all they talked about. Yeah, of course, <laughs> platinum art, isn't that? Uh, yeah, it's a whole different. Um, it's a different. But the thing is, changed so much now too. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like hip hop is far more commercial now. It's it's now deep. Like deep, deep commercial music. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's the popular music, it's the popular culture. It's so, 
yeah, it's just different. It's different. Yeah, and also I think as well, like uh, I saw a stat this morning, and I can't get the exact numbers, but it was something along the lines of like if an artist released an album on vinyl now, and they sell that album, it will take them like twenty thousand streams on Spotify to make the equivalent amount in money. So, the game has changed because if you fit, and you mentioned it before, like you saw Dead Presidents. Yeah. You went and bought, went physically and bought the, bought the single, <laughs> and then bought that album. And I think that's the difference between sort of hip hop now is you see some of the numbers on Spotify and it's like 200 million plays, but then there's no effort. Like if yeah, I, I could yeah, go on to yeah. any artist now, even if I didn't like him, and accidentally click on him, they get yeah. one play, right? There's no effort. Back in the day, like so where I lived, I lived in like grew up in a little village, and the nearest town was like a driveway. So my dad would be like, "I'll oh, go in Tesco," and I'd be like, "Oh, can I go over to like Andy's Records?" <laughs> and like, <laughs> you've been going in there. Got Andy's Records. Yeah, exactly. Shout outs to Andy's Records. <laughs> And so you used to go in there and like you'd have to physically like go, right, well, I'm going to yeah. buy this and go there and buy it and have the right money because you didn't have a card. Yeah. So it was yeah, like Yeah, it's exactly effort. that, man. Like, I used to go Red Records in Elephant and Castle. In, um, there was a Red Records in the, the, underneath the lower level of Elephant, um, Elephant and Castle Shopping Centre. Yeah. Red Records. And I'd be in there some weekends, no money. I'm not sitting there seeing what's out. Yeah. Just flicking through records and stuff. There's time, the time that it was, you could ask someone, man, can you play this for me? Yeah. He put the record on, like, he played oh, remember that? They yeah. used to have the record players in the corner in their <laughs> yeah. headphones. Just oh, sit, play, uh, play the album, like, yeah, fire, they get to know you. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just, yeah, it's the, and, but that's gone, like you said, it's an Man, effort. You've got to go out and, and see, you have to seek the music that you want, and now, yeah, it's at your fingertips. It's just, it's, it's in your phone, yeah. and everyone's always got their phone connected to it. Yeah, mate, you know what I mean? It's just crazy. Yeah, it's, and it's pros and cons to that, because I sort of think that gives like new artists a platform to like get exposure that maybe they would otherwise if they weren't in the right crowds or knew the right people they would never have that connect so you had like lots of people that knew each other they all became artists and then now you're in a situation where some kid in his bedroom in Bristol can write and record an album put it on Spotify yeah. some the right person hears it and it and it can blow up yeah, yeah so i think that that's amazing yeah it's incredible you can have a wide wide reach yeah but it is that it's the, it's the luck in it. It's just the luck of totally. hosting and and also because I guess like for the like the DJs and stuff who are essentially like the plug to take it to the next level for these people's careers because there's so much to choose from. It's like you also it's more difficult to stand out. Yeah. When there's a smaller scene and it's like people really coming through, it's a bit more. Easy and you to... had to have something about you. You yeah. had to have that standout thing. Do you know what I mean? Like in order to to break through to make someone take a chance and. Like everyone's got demo tapes, stories of demo tapes. Like we're from that era of hip hop yeah. where people, yeah, it was like shopping demos or seeing rappers on the street. You see Pun, the story of Pun, uh, Fat Joe walked out the shop and Pun was out there rapping. Yeah. Like and it's because rap, you see rappers on the block. Yeah, yeah. This is my, this is my chance. This is my time. Like now, nah, it's, it's completely different. You can just be a guy in your bedroom, put it out there, boom, get that. And I, but the thing is, you know, like the algorithm type things, you yeah. end up getting. Uh, why are you coming fast? Yeah. You end up getting that guy because A and R's are lazy sure. and are just like, okay, well that's doing numbers. That thing, everyone's on that trend at the moment. Yeah. So let's quickly make some money from it. And that kind of thing, like, I guess it's always been that way. They've yeah. kind of they've hopped on whatever was buzzing, but it's a different extent now because it literally is a fleeting trend. There's no yeah. substance to it whatsoever. Mate, and that's, do you know what? I think that's, that's absolutely spot on as like a wider thing with music. It's like, even as early as like uh, the Beach Boys, right? They, they basically uh, famously kind of 
not yeah, I'm gonna say it. They kind of stole some artists' style and music form, right? From from black music, and they they realised that if you create a certain formula, so if you have basically a verse, yeah, a chorus, a verse, bridge, chorus, yeah, and you do that, and you make it roughly three minutes or less, that that will sell more than if you if you go outside of that. Now, obviously, there are like loads of famous examples of songs that are really long, like Bohemian Rhapsody, whatever. But generally, that's yeah, that's the formula. That was yeah. the standard, and then you had like record labels and songwriters, so like. Stock, Aitken, Waterman, and then you had like uh, Barry Gordy with Motown. He had yeah. formulas that took away necessarily, they, they basically took genius creatives yeah. and they helped to push that into a way that would manufacture and market that music for, for mass appeal. And I think we've gone from an era where those kind of business people and the numbers people went, okay, well, within reason, here's your limitation, but you can do what you want, like create and make beautiful things and we'll give you a big budget for it. Now... I feel like uh, A&Rs and record labels and management of artists, it, they are dominating the creative control. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I don't know whether it's just because like, my age and I'm older and I'm just cynical and I'm like, oh, everything sounds the same and it's not as good as it was. I, I watch like, I don't know, Bad, for example, the um, Spike Lee documentary about the making of Michael Jackson's okay. Bad, right? And every single song... They take time on every single drum sound yeah, yeah, and every yeah. single thing. And who's going to come in and how are we going to do it, right? And, and they'll take the time with, with every little Quincy and Michael would go through every little detail of every album and all the so and the stories about the songs and where they get the yeah. inspiration from the lyrics. Bring me an artist now, bring me Beyonce and, and ask her to tell me how she came up with all the songs. Because yeah, yeah. it'll be 35 people, it'll be management, it'll yeah. be... And I just think that's the main difference between music, even in the last like 10, 20 years, yeah. has become so much more cynical. Funnily enough, it even occurred to me today because I was busting that reasonable doubt this morning. Mm. And that's still just in that era of hip hop where it wasn't always three verses and chorus, it wasn't always three sixteens yeah. and an eight bar chorus. Like, there's rap tunes. Sometimes I used to watch the MTV, a guy would just be rapping for like a minute long, yeah. then, a, then a scratched in chorus comes in for like four bars, and then he's rapping again. The next verse is only eight bars long, and then there's the same <laughs> cut, of, and then he's gonna rap again for another two minutes. There's, the structure wasn't there in the early, uh, like, and it became, once it got more radio friendly and they were looking for radio, because all the radio songs were like that. Yeah, of course. But the album tracks. The album tracks were slightly different. They were still structured in that. So this verse is 48 bars. Yeah. <laughs> you know, here's a 48-bar verse I'm going to give you. Yeah. And that's just it. That's going to be that song right there. Or here's two 24s with a, scratching, a scratch hook in the middle. Yeah. Rather, like, it was just slightly different. And, it, it, yeah, it didn't quite follow that formula. Whereas now, most things adhere to a, a very strict formula. Of course. Because it's about radio play. It's yeah, about yeah. hitting it up. Although the formula now is crazy because they could just like they sing for four bars yeah. and then the hook comes in and like I don't know if it's it, the hook is that the hook or the verse yeah and then yeah it starts to it's, yeah it's strange it's different right now yeah there's a lot of that like um for for hooks there's a lot of just like repeated phrases so and but then a lot of people use that as their like flow now yeah so that's I agree with you like sometimes I'm like oh is this the hook and I'm like oh no this is just their first yeah bar. this is the verse I don't, like. Right, okay, this is interesting. Um, but you're right, I've seen um, there's an amazing documentary about Reasonable Doubt, and it's um, produced by MTV, it's just called Making the Album. And they basically go through every single track and use all the producers and all the artists, and they, they go through in detail about all the stories behind all the songs. So it's amazing. 
And uh, Jay does talk about their presence, and he was basically like, this was in the era when I didn't really understand like song structure, and I was just like, that's a sick verse, I'm putting it in. Yeah, it's going. He's like, I'll just, yeah, just smash in like a little like chorus here. And so it's quite interesting because we can see this album a classic, and he kind of looks at it kind of fondly as like, I was learning a lot yeah, of stuff yeah, on the job. messing around in there. Yeah. yeah, well, this is his debut album, do you know what I mean? And it's, it's, it's just that thing, I think, at that time, again... It was bringing in a new era of hip hop. Like it was, a, if, if like it's a lot of crystal and champagne that yeah. you hear on that album. There's name dropping of the clothes. It was just moving into that. Yeah. That kind of you had Cuban links, which was all mafioso. Yeah. And um, but it still had that street element to it. It's a very it's a very drug influence. Like the drug game yeah. rings strong through that whole album. Man. Yeah. Like proper um, so it's still got that grimy New York feel to it. Yeah. But it's just like the way it's put together. It was like um, this is what this is what rap's supposed to be. Because if yeah. you listen to it, like it's got Mary J, uh, the first song in. Yeah, can't so, so there's the queen of R and B hip hop yeah. straight off the bat. So there's a name that, that's gonna get some people interested of, uh, uh, immediately. It's got Primo on it more than once. Yeah. Um, it's got uh, like the Memphis Bleed track. The theme behind it. It's not just a feature. It's a concept translates to not just the drug game but the rap game and what they were doing at the time it's got big on it yeah like it's got ain't no nigga which was the lead single on the flip side with dead presidents which was a street single yeah but ain't no nigga was radio all the way and it yeah. had featured foxy brown had a woman a girl spitting on it yeah fire and, and it was them two like going at each other yeah, competing exactly like, yeah. Yeah, there was a concept behind it it was it was up tempo it had everything that you would think if you was going to make a rap album at that time to, yeah. to really pop. That's what you would do. You'd yeah. put Mary J. Blige on a song. You'd get even Nas or Big. Like, you, you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. You, these are, you'd get a primo beat. This is exactly what you would do if you was to make an album in 1995. Or yeah, like yeah. Late 94, 95, 96. That's what you'd do. Nas did the same thing, like L.E.S., uh, primo large professor yeah it's just the same names crop up because it's that era it's, it's just where it is yeah. so yeah that makes sense to me that he would look at it as just him learning because it was it's like a patchwork of this is how you make an album for this time right yeah. now you need radio play and also you need video play video rotation was mad important yeah like with BET and Yerm TV raps the video era because how else was people all around the world yeah. who didn't have New York radio you have no New York radio. Yeah, you had yeah. Westwood, you had uh, the Chubby Kids, you know what I mean? Yeah, but, yeah. Like, it's different. So, yeah, that visual medium was really important. And they had videos. They got, he got videos on a boat and that. Yeah, man. Like, ain't no niggas. The whole thing is uh, Scarface. The yeah. beginning part is Scarface. How much money you need? Uh, Frank's yeah. dead. Where, where's Frank? <laughs> Frank's dead. Like, the whole thing just... Yeah, it was so 90s, man. It was yeah. so... It's just 90s hip-hop in a fucking... In a bubble, show. yeah. No, mate, it's a, it's a really good point as well about it being like... It's kind of... They keep the street shit in there. But there is this, like, yeah, kind of mafioso rap thing. But for me, I always kind of found it as like... It's like an aspirational thing. So it's like we came... And it even talks about it like... Um, you know, like we should... We're buying blocks. We're yeah, buying yeah. It's, for me, it's like we, we're coming from something... And like we're seeing a way out, like um, what's that lyric on the Eagles? Like um, those who say illegal is easy. We out, yeah. couldn't understand the mechanics and the workings of the underworld. Granted, nine to five is how you survive. survive. I ain't trying to survive. I'm trying, trying to, to live it to the limit and love it alive. 
Right? That's what I'm saying. So that's fire. So that that track particularly is saying like, yeah, we're trying to do these things, but we understand that there's like negative connotations and risk yeah. involved. So yeah, there are tracks that like essentially kind of like glamorize it, like glamorize a, a a legal lifestyle essentially. But I I kind of see it as like it's quite a good metaphor for New York hip hop in the sense of like it's about trying to better yourself with limited options. Yeah. And so like Jay-Z's life, like his early life was involved in drug dealing. He's made no like like kind of like bones about it. But he was like, as soon as I found this music business, like I, I applied the same business acumen yeah. and I've like tried to take it to the next level, right? The same hustle. So that's why I think this album is kind of encapsulates like what the essence of New York hip hop is, which is like, you know, essentially like street reporting, talking about your life and your experiences yeah. and where you've come Completely. from. Completely. But also like where you're going. Like I want to buy blocks. I want to own things. Exactly. You yeah. Know, I want to buy the cohort, the whole car instead of leasing yeah. as you should. Like, as you should. Right. So it's that whole thing of like. Yeah, man. wanting more and trying to get it. So and that's what quotables. I think the album's... Is, so many quotables, man. Mate, the album is, is mad for that. But yeah, just looking... It's funny because I was just looking at the um, track list in here and it's just like... We were talking about it off air, like how many like actual bangers are on this album. It's non-stop. So it opens with Can't Knock the Hustle, which is just a crazy like, yeah, track. That's amazing. what I mean. It's the first... Like, it's got Mary J. Blige on it. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Straight off the bat, it's got Mary J. Blige on it. You know what that song's about. And... Just him rapping on it, you like yeah. the 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 song that she's singing is the what's the sample that she's singing? Yeah, it's, it's um, um uh, I find it. Hang on, man. Yeah, you know the one. <laughs> but um, like so she's singing a a song that black is universal. The black community knows that song. Yeah, that so immediately it's, it's that same how Puffy had kind of popularized that sample heavy. Just lifting choruses, singing that, that that same thing. Yeah, it was that right, and it's the first song on the album. So immediately, like I said, it's that kind of radio, or it, it's just if you were gonna make an album, like if you was doing it now and you had the money and whatnot, like you'd have Kendrick, you'd have yeah. Drake, uh, you'd have maybe a Scissor. Do you know like yeah. you'd call these are the names you'd call. Um, so just having Mary straight off the bat. Fool's Paradise. Fool's Paradise. Yeah. Um, so just yeah just Mary J Blige singing a song that everyone's familiar with yeah but they've just changed the lyrics slightly yeah and him just breaking down like just immediately the intro yeah just as soon as you hear that dum, dum, yeah like you know it's coming like, it's, yeah it's just crazy it sets the like it sets the uh, the tone for the whole album which is what the initial track should really do it should break down like hey this is, this is the opening this is what yeah. we're going to do um yeah, play a little bit of it because we can't play too much, but <laughs> like it just sets the tone perfect. Like it just comes strong in it. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, the punchline like straight off the bat, he's thrown a little punchline in. Do you know what I mean? Like high stakes, I got more at stake than Philly. Yeah, like, like crazy. Shit, it's bananas, man. Like, like I said, I played it this morning, and each every single track I was going through, man. Because, like, like I said, if we go through it in order, that as the beginning, as the intro, yeah. what a tune, and then you, that finishes, and the next tune, yeah, politics is, as usual. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from the beat, yeah, like 
from and then to what he's saying, how he's breaking stuff down on there, like, because and you know one thing that I, I really noticed today um, is how pro black the album is. Yeah, for sure. Like, and it's proper. Like, it's never something that even occurred to me today, but. Mm. As I was sitting this morning, just taking it all and really listening to it with a different kind of air, because I was I knew I was coming mm. to talk about it. So just um, the politics that he speaks on throughout the album, of like you said, we're trying to come out, we're trying yeah. to make something better, but he lets people know that you left, like you've left us with no choice here. Yeah. You know? There is literally no other way out for us. I mean, like it's basketball. Uh, football, yeah. drugs, or music. These are the, the, the four avenues you gave us. Yeah. So, um, in, yeah, it's, it's like it's an underlying theme all the way through, man. Because on Can I Live Part 2, the last track, yeah. like, he go, it's, it's really, uh, yeah, it's just like a theme that I noticed, I just picked up on today, that it's just got this kind of unapologetic about yeah, I did what I did, but here I am now. And like yeah. you said, yeah, I'm, we're about to take over the fucking yeah. world. And then he did, he did. Yeah. <laughs> and if, what I think is amazing, if you look at the symmetry yeah, between like uh, this album and and four forty four, yeah. So the last thing that he brought out, four forty four mm. is like almost a retrospective, looking back on on where he is as an artist and where essentially like the black community's come from. Is, yeah. is that now? And it's almost like a cautionary tale. And what I think is really interesting is he would have grown up in like the height of like poverty and crime he would have grown and up racial right tension. In the crack area. Yeah, exactly. like you're talking New York in the early eighties, like highest murder rate in the Western yeah, world, right? Like it is if you watch documentaries like on, on just on New York mm. in the eighties and stuff like that, um it was a literal war zone. Yeah. It, like it had a thousand murders a year. Like, you're not talking about a country. You're yeah. talking about a state. A city, do you know what I mean? Yeah, essentially, a city. in the city limits. Yeah, yeah. A, a thousand murders a year in a city. Um, You had the like, buildings, the Lapita. You ever see pictures of the South Bronx? Oh, from like, like 73, 74, up to like the early 80s. And it was, it's just abandoned buildings. Piles and, of rubble, yeah, things on fire. Yeah, that's it's what it was. Mental. Um, but it, and this wasn't just limited to New York. This was America. Like yeah, the, yeah. The, the version we got of it, like the dynasties and the Dallases mm. that we used to watch. And no, this shit was Hill Street Blues, man. Yeah, like, man. <laughs> the, um, yeah the era he would have grown up in was yeah the racial tension, um, the war on drugs, and then just the the, the drug epidemic itself, the crack epidemic, the crack yeah. era. Uh, growing up in those times would have been. Like amazing, he's. This is why it's important who he is and where he is today. Because For sure. these people who can talk about these things yeah. and, and explain this stuff. But yeah, that the era that he came up in was a hard times, right. man. Like yeah, different, different. Yeah, I mean, you're talking sure. like the Alpo era. I'm sure everyone's seen Paid in Full and that. Yeah. Like it's, it's different. You, the amount of world famous. I know famous New York hustlers. I know them by name. I know their story yeah, yeah. because of, like, I like hip-hop. Yeah. But it's become global. They're, they're brand names. Yeah. You know what I mean? The weed seller, Branson, people know who he is here. Yeah. And he's just, he just a guy who sold weed in Brooklyn. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah. I grew up in South London my whole life. Like, how am I knowing this guy? How do yeah. I know him? But, yeah, that the the time they grew up in, plus the time where it was hip-hop was getting really popular. Yeah. And, like, you, I, I don't know, do you, you watch Drink Champs? 
Yeah, the um, Noriega. Yeah. yeah. Um, or just Fat Joe is like my favorite guy in the world. Like, yeah. Listening to his his stories, he just about, says it straight. Yeah. It? There's no filter with that guy. But the, the era of hip hop, listening to those stories, mm. and you really find out how close Nick that New York rap mm. community really was, bumping into each For other sure. here, there, the beef that was going on, this, that, and the third. Um, and just yeah, just that scene. The the era of hip hop truly was a golden era, man. It's the, yeah, for sure. Um, and the global impact that he had, that little kid who lived in South London, just and you grew up in in a village somewhere, yeah. just shared this affinity for this thing. Um, and this is just a major part of it. This encapsulates that whole the journey through the crack era, yeah, and through the racial tension, and then then into the realms of this is big business. People are getting rich off of this. Yeah. So we're going to join them. You, I'm going to make my money off of this. Yeah. Like it was Jay that, that I think he went to Iceberg. Um, he went to several companies and was like, yeah. would, you spend, would you give us some clothes? Yeah. And they were like, nah, said, fuck it, Rockefeller, Rockefeller, where it is, Rockefeller, where it is. But that was his and whole thing, like even trying to get a record out. He went to yeah, every everybody. single like uh, outlet possible and was like, look, I want to get this deal. This is my like demo. Nobody wanted to sign him, so like obviously him, like uh, Kareem Riggins mm-hmm. and Dame Dash were like, "Well, look, fuck it, put up the money, and like we'll do it, and we'll just get a distribution deal." And that's the start of Rockefeller Records, and the rest, as you it say, is history. The game, and it's exactly the same thing with with the fashion line. It was like, oh, you know, we yeah, partnered the same with, thing us. with uh, They were one of the first to get into alcohol, right? They yeah, exactly. The vodka game. Um, yeah, it's it, the the idea behind it, man, and it, it's that hustler spirit, yeah. which again runs right through this album for sure yeah man for sure it's amazing um so you mentioned obviously the first time you heard uh like dead presidents and obviously saw it what when you first got the album so just picture the scene like you're putting it on for the first playthrough what were your kind of first impressions like which tracks like stood out to you immediately I'm, i obviously know dead presidents because that was the one song that kind of got you into yeah into the album but like, what were what were the ones that you kind of stood out to you when you? Do you know there's one song that's like, I can nah, To be honest with you, uh, there's so many songs. I can remember being uh, in a barber shop, listening to the tune with Big Brooklyn's, oh, Brooklyn's finest. finest. Yeah, listening to Brooklyn's finest uh, in my ears. Um, I can, I can picture that scene just yeah. sitting there, just nodding my head like. Oh, this is fire! Yeah. But the tune that really, uh, that really just kind of amazed me was uh, "Friend or Foe." Yeah. It, it's a like I've heard rappers tell stories before. Yeah. That's a, and I'd like I, the thing is like I like writing, and Jay for a guy who doesn't write is a really accomplished writer. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, like so when you're telling a story. Doesn't matter what it, when you're telling a joke. Some people can't tell jokes. Yeah. Some people can't retell stories. But when you're telling a story, there's certain things it needs to have, because stories are just this random moment in time. Yeah. See, he wrote a story about someone trying to sell drugs where he sells drugs. That's it. Yeah. That's it. But the how he did it, the first person narrative, mm. he made it seem first of all like he was speaking directly to me, like it was me who was trying to encroach on his territory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that was the first one. So just the the full process behind that is amazing. Like I just I'm gonna I'm gonna rap at the listener. Yeah. Um. And then the, how he how he portrayed the story, how, the things that he said, the humor that went through it all. Like uh, there's a line. 
it's uh, kill the noise. I find it a little hard to concentrate with all the noise. Yeah. Like just little things like shh, be quiet, man. I'm, yeah. Like I can't, I can't think. It's just the cockiness yeah. that that comes through in it. And I, the first time I heard that, my mind was blown. Like yeah. that was probably the first song on the album that I learned all the words to. Oh really? Yeah. That's cool, man. Let's play. Let's play a little bit of that because that. Um, yeah, that, that track is crazy. Chewy bananas. <laughs> Jay, you the rapper? <laughs> and like the, that instrumental is just like perfect. Uh, right? And this primo again, man. Friend of foe, yo, stay to this. You see the dope? There it is. Me, I run the show. Oh, and these kids? Don't like nobody coming around here fucking with big dog shit. You went to prison though. I like it. And that first track you ever learn, you never forget the lyrics, do you? No, you never, ever, ever. That is genuinely like riding a bike shit. <laughs> ever. Do you know, it's remarkable. The other day I played Easy Does It. Um, I went on a tour, I went on a poetry tour uh, like last month. Yeah. And I like I went Bristol, Brighton, Oxford. So I was journeying by myself. Um, so I bought a bunch of CDs. Now um, it easy does it. I, I played that, and I could. It was remarkable how yeah. albums that I first learned to rap when I was like twelve. Yeah. I know them word for word Man. without even. Do you know like it's on? I haven't heard it in fifteen years. And then it comes on, and I still know the words. Too. Yeah, man. like and it, yeah, you just don't ever forget, man. Yeah, especially the thing is, I guess there's always always fun with albums that like hit you at a certain point in your life, where and I think it's definitely changed. Like we we're talking about like streaming services, mm-hmm. I very rarely will listen to complete albums. I like pick my perceived favorites, yeah, and then just rinse them on like a <laughs> like playlist, right? Whereas before, there'd be like tracks that I wasn't really that like enamoured with the first time I heard it that then became my favourites yeah oh 100% and I think that that's again like something that you lose a little bit like to me one of my, my favourite tracks on this album is Bring It On which is also premiere and I was like the first time I heard it I was just a bit like oh, it's a bit, that, a bit you know slow what? and a bit but yeah man that track I so feel exactly what you mean because it's never been one of my favourite yeah. songs on the album and then you listen to it and you're like it's so it is just so grimy it's yeah. that New York Feel is it whose feature is it? Uh, is, is that the one with Source Money? Uh, uh, yeah, it's um, yeah, Source Money, and, uh, Big Jazz. Yeah, the, just that the beat on it, man. Like I've got the instrumental here because yeah, that that was one of the ones. It was like because it's like near the end of the album. I was always yeah. always just a bit like, Ugh, like I'm not bothered about it. And then yeah, the more I hear it, I was just like, Bruh. fuck me, like this is actually like incredible. It came on this morning, and I literally went through that exact same full process. Like this was never one of my favorite yeah. songs, but you hear it, and you're like, yeah, no, look at them. <laughs> and it's just like when Prem just put like this is like, see this, see this, this is, is like, cinematic, man. Like this is that, this is New York, this is this. Yeah. That. So it's just the instrumental, because I was yeah. just like, this is fucking hard. Nah, bro, like, this is pl- plugged into my thing. See, to me, this is my issue, right? When I hear, like, like hip-hop now, I'm like, it's not hip-hop. <laughs> this is hip-hop. <laughs> like, what you're hearing right now is I hip-hop. See, do you know what, though? That's because of an age thing. Like, no, that's sure. It's definitely an age thing, because I feel the same way, although I know it's not a genuine complaint. Yeah. Like, because 
I used to have conversations with like my older uncles and stuff who were cool Mo D fans. Yeah. And who would like they were not fans of Jay Z. Do you know what I mean? And they're like, yeah, that's not yeah. real hip hop, man. And you're like, bro, you just old as shit. That's, that's <laughs> really what this is. You just mad old, bro. Yeah. Like, fuck cool Moldy. Yeah, he ain't been good since Go See the Doctor. Yeah. Like, this is not that era no more. But this is because this is my era. That was their era. They was growing up in that time. And yeah. it's, it's that, I fully get you. Because I listen to some shit now and I'm like, damn. But uh, there's some other stuff I listen to, like the Griselda catalogue, man. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff from them. Um, uh, Sky Zoo, there's a Rock Marciano, there's a lot of guys. Like even for like Freddie Gibbs, like Jason yeah, Madley, but there are um, good people out there. 38 Special, I just got into 38 Special recently, man. Like, that dude, fire. Like, he's fire. But yeah, there is still people making that, just that gritty yeah. New York sound. That, do you know what it is? It's that, do you know when shit ain't safe? Yeah. Like, that. It, like, I like that thing. That energy, to, yeah, yeah, the energy that's with it. Like it used to be like um when I used to go dance, like and as a kid, like a teenager, I'm talking like 92, 93, anytime dance hall came on, so anytime ragga was played, yeah. within five minutes a fight has broken up. <laughs> like that's what it used to bring. Yeah. Then it, then that energy switched to jungle. Jungle used to carry that energy. Yeah. Anytime the, the jungle set come on, a fight would break out. Then I used to be like, Heartless Crew was the same. I, I yeah. seen a beer Heartless sets, and every time they come on the stage, within, a, within well within five to ten minutes, a fight broke out. Yeah. That energy that Wu had, yeah. that Wu brought everywhere they went. Do you know yeah. what I mean? That same gritty vibe. Danger, like that edge of danger. That like. thing, yeah, yeah, that's just there. That's in, it's in the community. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like... Uh, I love that shit. Yeah. That higher tempo. That, mm, I, anything could pop off right yeah, now, yeah. man. Are you, are you ready? Are you, are you, you know? <laughs> like, it's it just that. And I'm, I'm, I think I miss I don't miss it because I'm old now, man. I'm grown. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, oh, shit. No, they're shooting. We need to go home. <laughs> yeah, it's nice <laughs> to be an observer on the yeah. outside. Like, yeah. But back in the day, like I said earlier about slam dancing to songs like Time for some maxing and shit. Like, I'm little. I drop kicking people like around <laughs> moonshot and that. Like, well, I'm I'm a small guy, but we used to be in the midst of it. You know, yeah, like yeah. when that's a slam, because the energy was wild. House parties, we're in a block of flats on the 19th floor, yeah, <laughs> and we stomping on someone's ceiling, bam, bam, like that same thing. Um, I think the energy's now different. Yeah. Them same guys, they still make music, but they make music. They they do different stuff now. They making drill. Yeah, like that's where that energy is now. That energy is in drill music and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's nothing like that New York Grammy, that okay. group home shit. Yeah. You know, like that. <laughs> that's what I was saying on, on the last <laughs> pod. Academy, mate, the Nutcracker on there. We, we were talking about uh, the last pod we did. We were, talk, we were talking about the Chronic, but we ended up getting onto Premiere because we were sort of saying like how for me like Dre Dre's sound kind of is like attributed to the West Coast, to the right? Way, you think yeah. of that G Funk sound, and most people be like, oh, it's that Dre influence, right? And when I think of New York, if someone said to me, what is New York hip-hop? I think I would play them primo instrumentals. Primo, yeah. I'd be like, that's the sound of New York. Me too. And it's far more so than like a, even a Pete Rock. Same. I'd, I'd, yeah, Because Pete, Pete, like, his style just leans... Not, I, wanted, I never want to say anything bad about Pete Rock, because the guy's a legend, right? But just in terms of the differences between him and Preem, is he leans more on the jazz side. Yeah. 
which is fine, like is a lot more uh, like jazz kind of influence. Whereas I think Preem will switch it up and he'll like take those piano loops, he'll take guitar loops, he'll take yeah. like soul records, jazz records, funk records. Uh, but they sound like Premier. Every single yeah, beat all, of his all is, of is all classic. Of you know, it's so funny. Sometimes you hear a beat and you're like, oh, look, it's a four bar loop. I bet it's Premier. You know, like, yeah. his shit don't change. Yeah. Boy, it, 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 that same thing right away through. You know what I mean? That four bars or that eight bars, and then that's all you get. And there's no, there's no yeah. variation in it, but it's that sound. Just everything that it just hits well. And it's like everything, as soon as I like hear a Primo instrumental, just the instrumental all I'm thinking is like this is just nice to rhyme over like everything that he, <laughs> that he makes yeah. is enough space but it's not too sparse it's like it's tight enough so that you can like you can yeah. put little bits and pieces in there to make, to work with the music like everything he does is just yeah. it's very simple I get that like as a rapper I think the closest thing to that and the guy that who is like my go to if I need to write and I, just, I feel like writing the guy will throw a beat on his alchemist. Yeah, exactly. For the same like, reason. For the exact same yeah. reason, mate. It's that sound, that groove. Just give me that just give me those drums. What's your favourite alchemist beat? Uh bro, I got too many to even like and I don't even know there's a there's probably a playlist on my YouTube, yeah, like the ones I regularly go yeah. to. Uh, yeah, Alchemist is because Al- Alchemist is like, I think he's quite underrated, you know. Uh, he, uh, is he underrated? Because I, I figured he, they must respect him as one of the best. He watched one of my battles and tweeted about it. Serious? And I never felt so happy Ooh, in my... Shit. Like, there's, you know, hip-hop milestones. Like, I don't care about selling records. Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't, never thought of this as a career. But one time I was at um, a BMG Christmas party uh, in the midst of, like, big, big... big, 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 big and fallacy was I was at the bar and fallacy was there. I'm like, oh shit, that's fallacy, man. Like this time he's, you know, Sterling Collat, Groundbreaker, yeah. he's doing his things, fallacy. Boom, what's happening, bruv? Like big fan, he rapped four of my own bars back to me. Yeah, you oh, see, shit. like I, no one can ever tell me enough. I did everything I ever needed to do. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I can finish right there, I can draw the line. Yeah. Like the dude, it was from my dark and cold freestyle. Um he just rapped this shit and I stood like that. Holy fuck! fuck. Yeah. He knows my rap. Like, Man, that's crazy. He's a, that's my peak. Do you know like my yeah, peak? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It don't get no better than that at all. Another uh, Chester P called me a legend in an interview, and that uh, yeah, I'm, I'm blessed now. Mate, that's. I don't need any. I, I, I don't need any more validation. Like that's it right there. Yeah. Like so yeah. Like Alchemist watched the battle and tweeted it. Me versus Definition, and he tweeted like. Yeah. Fucking know he was it. Yeah. And like the funny, he made an album with Budgie and like but I known Budgie for like twenty fucking years, Shit. man. You know at the beginning when you said oh mate, I'm working on an album. Yeah. And I said, Who's the producer? It's not Because <laughs> <laughs> if it is, then I'm gonna be mad. If only, man, if only. Mate, you need to uh, you need to tap him up for some beats. Do you know the funniest thing in the world we currently live in, it's a distinct possibility. It's like mate, of course. it's just absolutely possible, isn't it? Mate? This is one like we we're moaning about being old and like hating on some of the new shit, but part of the benefit is now because when when you were saying then about like these things, I was thinking that's amazing because that's personal interaction based on like your art and being a, around that community and being with those people. And I was thinking to myself, oh, I wish I'd had like an interaction like that. And I was thinking, oh yeah, no, because I've had like a like on Twitter from like Chuck D. And I'm like, that's a fucking button. <laughs> no, it's the same, no, but it's the same. I was so buzzing. I was like. So first of all, I got the like, and I was like, "Fucking hell!" Chuck, Chuck D's <laughs> liked my tweet, and then he's like, "Chuck D follows you," and I was like, "Holy shit!" Bruv, see that shit there? Chuck D follow you? Woo! Okay then. Okay, yeah, yeah I made it. Like, no. for my mum, mum, 
blew me away, but I was just like, but that what's cool about like you know that the modern world is like you can you are that little bit closer to yeah, people you and can reach out and just touch cool. people. I just saw a tune that I shared it the other day, man. I think it's Leaf Dog with um, Conway. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and like, yeah. yeah, man. So I saw something funny. So Leaf Dog on um, Twitter, he was like, "Oh, um, if you're like DJing on radio, or whatever, get at me." Uh, send me your email address. Or, or like, get at me, I'll, f- I'll follow you back and then I'll send you like some details. Uh, so so I, like, follow- I was already following him, just like message him saying, yeah, let me know so I can get this like early release of his album. So then I, I get an email from Leaf Dog in my inbox and I was like, oh, amazing. Like, so I started having a look at it and like, listen to the tunes and then I was like, see who else is on this email chain because he's like copied everyone in. And uh, <laughs> there were people that shouldn't have been, he basically should have blind copied everyone. Uh, they kept him in. There was like Ramesh Ranganathan was on there because you know he does the Hip Hop yeah. Save My Life podcast. And I was thinking like maybe I should just <laughs> drop Ramesh a little line and be like, do you want to come on my podcast? Um, but I bottled it in the end because I just thought I don't want to betray the trust. <laughs> do you know, know what I mean? Yeah. It's a strange one of them ones there. Yeah, do I take advantage of that yeah. thing? Because it's a proper, it's a proper sneaky thing to mm. do. These like see me. I don't. It's, I only realised like it's frowned upon. Like you're not supposed to do that type of stuff. Yeah. But see, do you know? I like, you know what I used to do? <laughs> shit, like I'm going to not do some shit that's frowned upon before. <laughs> like, yeah. But yeah, no, that whole... Yeah, it's also amazing how that generation of, of hip-hop fans... Frankie Boyle's another one, do you know yeah. what I mean? That are real, bona fide, genuine hip-hop fans, yeah. man. Like, they know their stuff. I mean, I don't know what it is. Like, I was just thinking about it when you were talking about it. Like, And, and I think you kind of touched on something when you were talking about the energy, right? And this, this danger aspect. I think if you, like... Grew up in, in either in the UK, in London, in a similar time frame. There were some parallels maybe between the two lifestyles and you can understand a little bit about it and that, that you kind of have a, I don't know, there's like almost not an affinity, but you can kind of understand a little bit of where it's coming from, right? But I think if you're, say like myself, and you grew up outside of that, completely removed essentially from that lifestyle, I think there's either something in you which is like twofold. One is that you appreciate the art form, mm. so the, the poetry aspect of it, right? For me, it was certainly a big thing. Like when you're hearing like some of the, the kind of elements of people's schemes and the way that they, they're crafting mm. something, you're like, this isn't just fucking yeah. rhyming the last word on no. each line. This is yeah, something this is much, much something better. There's that, but I also think there's this aspect of like um, storytelling, right? So when you read a story, Put put this way, people say to me, "Why do you like hip hop?" I'm like, "Why do you like fantasy movies about like dragons and riding <laughs> yeah, and shit? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, why do you like stuff about space? You ever been space? You ever grew up in space? Yeah. No, right? It's, it's you a, can't read that book. A different aspect to your yeah. life. It's so like completely for, opposite. Yeah. yeah. So for me, it's just like that was always something that I found like when I first heard hip hop. That energy, that danger, that aspect of like you make the wrong move, you trust the wrong person. Your life is fucking over, and there's no room for error here. Yeah, yeah. No, I found that like energy, like really kind of exciting and uh, interesting. And the more I understood like the culture of hip hop, and the background of like the, the five elements of hip hop, like the DJ and MC and mm. breakdancing, um, graffiti and, and knowledge, right? And it was that last one, like that knowledge aspect knowledge, of it. Yeah. That for me is like it's not a genre. This is like a culture. It's a culture. <laughs> and you can like be a part of that, no matter like where you're from what aspect you're involved in, whether you no, like... Yeah, it's there for everybody, man. And that's... I, I it's think, light books. That's a good analogy, because yeah. it's just light books. You know, there's no limit to who can read what. Oh, because you grew up in, I don't know, a, a favela. Yeah. In, it, it doesn't mean you can't read J.K. Rowling. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Of course. It, it's that, it is that means of escape. It's that entertainment. 
But like, like I like um, my favorite author is probably Dashiell Hammett. Like I, I love the Continental Up and them stories. But it's just his style of writing. It just appeals to me. Yeah. But it's, I like writing in general, and for the same reason, hip hop. When I got into hip hop, it was for that sense of excitement. Like I heard one of the first. Aside from like being given albums yeah. by older people, the first time I heard a bitch is a bitch, I was in primary school. Yeah. Right, and my my brethren had it on a uh, little cassette tape. Yeah. And he's like, and listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> and I just there, my jaw, you know, wide open. Mm. Like, what the fuck? Listen to what he's saying. Yeah. And like, that's really what it was that same weekend. I went and I bought straight out of Compton. And then after that, like, then I, I bought NWA and the Compton Posse. I bought yeah. Easy Does It. I bought uh, ST, Original Gangster. I just went in yeah. and just fully immersed myself in this West Coast, this, this hip hop thing. And then as I got a little bit older and I started buying hip hop magazines and stuff, and I found out, oh, there's like rappers fucking everywhere. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's all these rappers. And as I got, um, like, watching your MTV raps and stuff, and punchlines. I just used to love yeah. punchline rappers. The way the things they say, Lord Finesse, from early for me, was like, yeah. holy fuck, did man, you hear what he just said? The whole DITC. They, yeah, they're crazy with it, man. They're absolutely crazy. <laughs> so but like, he had a, a line, straight up and now you don't want no conflict, I'm smoother than a pimp, rougher than a convict. And like, as a kid, I like, holy shit. Yeah. Just the juxtaposition, and that's all, it's just... A, Basic comparison yeah. is really basic, but oh, that was slick the way yeah, they did yeah. that, man. They're like, and I that's what after just the shock value wore off and that that energy wore off after that, it was just about the lyricism, for yeah. Me. And it's just, yeah, that that and Jay is full of it, man. He's so slick, like this album's got so many quotables on it, um, yeah, yeah, mate. It's, it's, I think that's one of the like the best things about this album is, uh. Almost like every verse, it wasn't, but it was almost like every verse was gone through by him and gone, okay, if it's not good enough, it's not staying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just that fucking good that yeah, he just like made it amazing. Incredible, man. But there's not, I always feel like sometimes, you know, with certain tracks, there's verses that you think, eh, if that wasn't there, I wouldn't miss it, right? But I think with this, like every verse is just, like, it's coming with it. And I feel like it was genuinely like all of his life experience up to that point, like poured yeah, into just this poured album. into, a, into yeah. a body. Same thing with your mic, that yeah. they always say the debut album. It's like 20 years of experience of and then your second album is like the last two. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. done, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, that whole... Because there's like... I was running around on the road that when this came out, doing bits and bobs, and he was like... The stuff he said was so relatable. Like, if you were, if you were in the game and doing certain things, then you was like... He, he just said stuff that you either already knew and had worked out, yeah. or he said stuff that made you think, oh... Maybe I should do it like like <laughs> that then, because he's yeah. you know like just a different perspective. Yeah. But it was just I kind of looked at it as Nas and the Almighty. Nas struck me as the guy who was still on the strip with the uh, like doing hand to hands. Yeah. Whereas Jay with this album kind of struck me as the guy like consignment. Who, yeah, who put the brick yeah. on the block. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, just that the kind of elder statesman vibe about it. Because he also spoke about the pitfalls. He spoke yeah. about the, the where it goes from here. Do you know, um, uh, I started feeding the dollars till shit started to make, make sense. sense. Yeah. Um, 
And like, yeah, so who, who could foresee? We used to stay up all night at slumber parties. Now I'm trying to rock this bitch to sleep. For all the years, we were real close. Now I see his face through her tears. No, she wishing we were still close. Like, Jesus I know. Christ. Like the poetry and like the, the visual aspect of what he's saying. Yeah. Like, and if, you, if you've just ever been in any situation that's anything close to it, like if every nigga in your clique is rich, your clique is rugged. Nobody can focus, everyone will be each other's crutches. Holy shit. Yeah. And this is basic games, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's better to eat together. You know, like that, that's why I think like um, one of the most interesting tracks on this album is the coming of age track with Memphis Bleak yeah. because it's like the conversation yeah. about like you know it's like what is that lyric when he's like oh um, you roll with me you can make a G it's like oh, fuck yeah. that, I'll fuck that I rolled you, you for free I want them long term riches and bitches yeah right yeah. And that's, for me I found that is like really um, like quite a compelling track because there's there's two things one is like if you take it on a literal level so it's like a hustler speaking from his experience like schooling the younger guy in terms of like making some basic moves and this is how you get to my level but then from like a personal point of view like and musically yeah Jay-Z was the kind of that older statesman and Memphis Bleak was the young Bleak guy through, yeah, yeah like, so it's the guy from his block he's, the parallels are like, incredible man. Yeah. but he's the, yeah that song's amazing and that's what I, I think the features were so they were thought about in a, in, a, in a different type of way. They weren't just, oh yeah, I'm just going to have him on my song because yeah, yeah. it's him. Because the people that are on those songs fit those songs. The for concepts sure. are, are perfectly uh, crafted. Yeah, like, for sure. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, we're going to take a very quick break and then we're going to get into a little bit more about that. So yeah, I want to talk about um, some of the features, some of the samples, uh, a little bit about Nas Jay-Z beef. We're yeah. going to get into that. Got it. Uh, and then I want to get into some technical stuff because every time we get into a conversation about technical stuff, I'm like, Tony D's coming on soon. We're going to get into some technical <laughs> shit. So we're going to have a quick break and then uh, we'll get back into it. Wicked. All right, so we've um, we've been rattling through lots of different bits, favourite tracks, all the rest of it. Um, we've, we've spoken already about like Premier's production on this mm. album, which is crazy, but there's a few other um, producers on here. Uh, Ski, uh, Clark Kemp, and Irv Gotti, who produced Can I Live, and Irv Gotti of uh, Murder, Inc. Yeah. Now, I was, so I'm sort of kind of, my like hip-hop uh, interaction started in a weird order. So like, I was kind of, first experience in like music that I was enjoying on like MTV and Box yeah mm -hmm. yeah and so it was all just like videos and it was at the era when like uh, Murder Inc and like Ja Rule and th those lot were like everywhere because they just oh, had a video it was either a Shantae yeah yeah they like, were killing the Fat Joe Shantae like and it, people at the time thought Fat Joe was new yeah right What's love? exactly so I was like oh, this Fat Joe guy he looks a bit old but like he's, he's <laughs> new eyes Fat Joe's my guy for yeah so I was like <laughs> Irv Gotti to me was always just a guy in the back of the videos. Like I didn't realise that he was like quite an established guy in hip hop. It's a bit like um, DJ Khaled now. Yeah, yeah. People yeah. think Khaled's like he's new. Just new guy. He's like he was right. Fat Joe's DJ back in the day. Like he from the back. Yeah, and he was skinny and quite a handsome yeah. guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's some there's some great productions like uh, on this album. So obviously we mentioned like the. Um, Primo instrumentals on here, um, but there's some there's some other instrumentals that I think um, like so obviously uh, Dead Presidents is Ski, which is a little Lonnie Liston Dead sample. Dead Presidents is crazy, and which, I think it was uh, Dead Presidents was the thing. I think did, I heard Pharrell talk about, it and he said I heard the Dead Pres beat, and he said that Jay sounds good on E minor. He said E minor, yeah, or something like that, and he said so I made the beat. For him, kind of the same thing. That their president thing is melodic, man. It's horny. Yeah. 
It's then. beautiful. And there's two versions. Like the single, yeah. the radio single is not the same as the album version. Yeah. Because that caught me out because I was listening to it the other day and I was like, I don't recognise this flow. That's like, what? Yeah, yeah, no, it's a whole, it's a whole yeah. different song. It's completely yeah. different. It's like, um, I first heard just to get a rep um, on the, the video. I saw the video of it and it's three verses. Yeah. And then I bought the album and it's only got two verses on the album. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck's happened here? Yeah. Like, completely cut off, but like the video concludes the story. Right. Okay. Where the album has just got two verses and it's, the story's still open. Okay. But, yeah. Smash it like that. But yeah, the sample um, is from Lonnie Liston Smith's called A Garden of Peace. Uh, and it's just like, it's so iconic that, like, that. Yeah, I've never, I've never heard the tune before. I've never heard what it's sampled. Oh, mate, so I'll play the, the original sample, is basically exactly the same. And um, when you hear it, like it'll it'll just make you feel like really weird how it is basically exactly the same. Uh, Garden of Peace, yeah, here we go. So it is mad because it is just exactly the same. Let me play this. Like, you can hear it coming already. <laughs> and it's like it's a beautiful piece of music anyway. In fact, as soon as you hear like that like piano lick. So it makes a fucking hair go. <laughs> Damn. So he's like, he's oh, just that's amazing, mate. It's crazy, and he's just taking that like from a very simple point of view. They just kind of spread it up, man. <laughs> just spread Basically. it up, essentially. But that's like that was what Damn. was great about that early area, right? Yeah, it was... well, it's funny because that's like the Earth Gotti tune. Was that he slowed it? He slowed the sample down. Yeah. Um, I, I see the footage of him talking about. Yeah. yeah. He just slowed it, just speed it up. That's fire. Mate, that's crazy, right? So this is like the the Jay Z version, which is just perfect. And this has got to be. You know, this beat speaks to my soul. Like, right. It evokes uh, just memories. Of, you know, like a time long, long ago. Yeah. Like this is what I was saying about like certain instrumentals. They just like I think if you've got if you've ever like spit any sort of lyrics in your past, if you hear these sort of instrumentals, it makes you want to rhyme again. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, crazy. I remember like the video for this had a uh, Biggie, A Z, and uh, I'm not sure who else. I think I'm sure there was someone else there, but Biggie, A Z, and Jay Z playing Monopoly with Real Money um, in a video, and I'm about ninety percent sure. The girl that's in the video was in an Ed Powers porn flick. <laughs> but, but like you can tell I was a teenager when this yeah. album came out. Cause that was, hold on a minute, I, I recognise her. <laughs> um, like I, yeah, she just looked real familiar to me. But yeah, that video, like they had Chris Dawa. There's a helicopter in that video. That's mad cash. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Do you know, and Jane even, he ain't even dressed flat. Like, he got just got a leather jacket, yeah. bald head. What's that lyric like? I'm still. I'm still cashing money from 88. Yeah, I'm still cashing money from 88. What? <laughs> that, so, come on, man. I think he had uh, he had his drug money tucked away. Huh? Yeah, he was, but it's just, he was so casual with it and so calm. Man. Yeah. Like, the wittiness. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's one thing I love about Jay. He's so witty. And he's so honest. There's, yeah. there's a level of honesty that you get from him that there's sort of just a guy who knows what he's talking yeah. about. Do you know what I mean? And he's giving you him. He's keeping it very... He's only telling you his perspective. He's not trying to be for anybody else. Yeah, He's just exactly. telling you. Yeah, I love this shit. Yeah, exactly. Well, talking of like talking of that track actually and samples, 
obviously on the hook, you've got the famous uh, Nas, uh, World Is Yours, from yeah. Illmatic sample, right? Which became like uh, a bit of bone of contention later down the line when they had their little beef. Um, and then in Takeover, which is like the, the, the thing that kind of like, I don't know, was, was a moment in time, shall we say. Definitely. And the line is like, yeah, I used your voice, you was using it wrong, you made it a hot line, I, I made, made it a hard song, song. right? And so that, that is obviously direct shots. And that, there's a whole... So basically, Takeover, if you've never heard it, I don't know why, but essentially there's like a couple of verses when it's like, it goes at Mob Deep a little bit, um, goes at a few yeah, other people. You little fuck, I got money stats. Yeah, it's bigger than you. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like savage, absolutely savage. Um, but there's, I think it's like the middle verse, he absolutely goes in on Yeah, he's, bad, he's like, I, I know who I paid, though. So it's like publishing. publishing. Like that, and then like that's a true story. You did MC Searcher spoke on that whole shit. Yeah, like, yeah he gypped Nas for his for his his publishing. Yeah, back then, as as was common practice in the industry yeah, at, at that time, man. Like, and that's the thing for me. We'll get into it because I want to get your like stance on like who won that beef over that period, like Ether Takeover, etc. Um, but for me, what I think is interesting about that that Takeover track is like all the stuff that he says about everyone in that record. It's just facts. Mm, mm. Oh yeah, he don't. He don't. There's no like real brags or like personal disses. They're just like when he's like, there's that one lyric about like, oh, you're talking about your tech on your dresser. Yeah, I showed, I showed you, you the first tech like, on the tour with like, the professor. professor. Yeah. So I feel like there's a lot of personal shit. Then he's like that. Um, you know what? You know who? Oh yeah, and he left that for the second part. Between me and you, yeah. yeah. Um, the so super ugly. Yeah. He left that for then, and that, that's. We'll get into that when we talk about who won. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> for me it was like when when I heard that, and then obviously like the last the last line of that is like that whole track is like the rest of y'all get half a bar. Yeah, fuck, fuck y'all. Yeah. That, <laughs> that that lyric is fucking amazing. Love that shit. But do you know what Jay's real good at that. Do you remember uh, when Fifty was going at him, mm. and he had half a fucking bar for Fifty, yeah. and he said, "I'm about a dollar." What the fuck is Fifty Cent? Bang. See that? Like, yeah, Jay win. Jay yeah. win. Like, there's not a, uh, you, like, you're trying your best. In, in, in one way, I get it. He, you won because he gave you his attention. Exactly. But the way he gave you the attention, because that was on a whole fucking album. Like, that was on the Carter uh, 2 or 3. Uh, that, free, right? I, I can't remember now, but. Yeah, that like he that whole album. I think Mariah's on that album. Yeah. Like he he did this real that hip hop mogul thing at yeah. that time, and he gave you half a bar. Like <laughs> so, so. that's it. I'm about a dollar. What the fuck is fifty cent? And the thing is, it's not even. You can take it as he wasn't even talking about fifty. If you didn't know he was talking about fifty, yeah. you could half just think that's just a line. He's just bragging. Like I'm yeah. about a dollar. What the fuck is fifty cent? Like you have to know what was going on before that yeah. to fully be in the loop of the beef. And I think Jay does that really, really well. Like you can tell he comes from battle culture, mate. For like, sure. I mean, there's stories of him having on the street battles and stuff, and yeah. battling DMX and. Uh, all sorts of, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you he's... know he come from that era. So he knows what he, and he's so smart, he's so witty, um, and he's so calculating that he can do stuff like that 
And just, yeah, you won't get half of my fuck y'all niggas. And he's just so, like, cool. So savage cool. and just perfect. Because you feel worse if he didn't mention you because yeah. he went in on everybody else. Like, he knew he was yeah. going at, he was going at Prodigy, he was going at Nas. Like, he, he made it clear everybody knew this way it is. And for the rest of you, you're not even important enough. Yeah. All you get is fuck you. That's it. And That's it. And, and literally, like, just the, it just ends so abruptly. Yeah. It's just like, it is literally perfect. But um, it's funny you were talking about uh, 50 then. The, be- the best diss record I've ever heard for just, not necessarily like personal aspects of it, but just from a lyrical point of view and scheme point of view, is Jizz's Paper Plate, which is a 50 cent diss. You ever heard okay, that? Okay, no. So basically, and, and a story goes, so I heard Jizza talking about this, uh, Rizza talking about this in an interview. And basically there was this weird beef because 50 had uh, apparently got into a bit of like a, like, I don't know, disagreement with some Wu-Tang members at a party, right? That's not what you want to do, man. Not ideal, is it? <laughs> That's not what you want to so, do. So, <laughs> Jizza took real offence to this and was like, right, well, I'm just going to fucking savage him off on this record, right? And apparently, the track came out. And it was like, not like a big thing because uh, basically 50 didn't respond. Yeah, Duke. And, the re- and, the, and what was quite funny is like a couple of years later, they ended up meeting at another party and 50 came over and was like, look, I hope there's no bad feelings. Like, it's a long time ago. Let's just mm. squash it, right? And uh, Rizza said to him, like, did you, like, did you not ever want to respond? And he's like, I'm not going to lie. He's like, Jizz is so smart. I'm still trying to work out half the shit he's saying about me. Right? But like some of these lyrics in, in this record, like, again, we're talking about, this is what I want to get your view on kind of like wordplay and stuff like that. He's like, you ever seen someone who roll with Mayweather, rhymes like Ricky Hatton, smash whatever you throw, a thousand is what I'm batting. Got a few hooks with no jabs. Took them out your corn dog books and notepads. I get it. You got rich robbing those in the industry. Bite off this one, steal from your enemy. Never try to play the hottest one at your camp. You might step off and take half the jewels from your amp. Enough to make your Vogue on that cover of GQ. Only missing the sheer blouse, honey, you see through. Shoes. Yeah, he was going in. He fucking savaged him. He was him. going in. Like, but you hear about the woo in the 90s. Like, there's a mad famous story. If a rapper, someone came in and pistol with the rapper and they saw that, like, I think it might have been Jizza sitting in the corner and was like, yeah, we, it's not, we don't want no problem with you. <laughs> and just kept beating up this other rapper. Yeah. Uh, that, it was on the, uh, the Beef, remember the Beef DVDs? Do you, remember, you ever seen any of them? Nah. Is that like... They're like, bruh, they're on YouTube now, you should check them out. Oh, like, shit. Yeah, it's, um, who's the guy, man? He came out of jail to Saigon's uh, guy. He did mad work with Saig when he went away for a minute for an attempt. Uh, and then he goes, oh, what's his name? But yeah, I think him, him yeah. he yeah, he walked into the studio to 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 to, to beat someone up. And like he did that we were some couple men Wu members in the studio and was like, yeah, this ain't with you, you know what I mean? Like because uh, Wu's reputation was really serious in, yeah. in, in New York at that time. Yeah. <laughs> like, because that's the thing because they what I think is interesting about Wu like we're, we're going flying all over the place with this but um, I think it's interesting like the um, thing about Wu is like I think unless you do your digging and research on them you think they're just all from the same area yeah but no they, they... but they basically like uh, Rizza, Jizza and ODB are all related mm. uh, and they kind of like were looking to put this thing together because when they did their all in together now crew it didn't really work out and they were looking to try and create this big beast of like a big crew and then they basically took the best MCs from each of those areas Seen. 
So like that's why they essentially like assembled the you know like the whole How the fuck you got, like, who was you god rapping with? Yeah, that he was the best of his like, <laughs> Come on, come on. I guess though, it's like everything is like may, maybe he was like Nepotism. friends with one Nepotism. and they were like, that's, in. Yeah. Yeah. that's what we blame in it. Family ties, something yeah. like nah, no hate on you god, but goddamn he did yeah. yeah. When you look at the stars that's in that camp right there, that Sheesh. The thing is, you put like you put a League One player in a Premier League team, they look even worse. Yeah, yeah. Than if you put them in like a normal League One team, right? And I think that's what happens with you've got like you've got Jizza, you got ODB for his style and that like aggression. You got Method Man, you got Ghost, you got Ray. Yeah. Like that is such a high caliber deck. Like, Fucking hell, Inspector Deck's yeah, incredible. Like, Deck will steal your whole... Like, he will just steal a song. Yeah. Deck, yeah, he was just that guy. Yeah. He'd, Above the clouds, gangster. Inspector Deck just fucking... Like, he Guru was... He man. Like, yeah. Guru's incredible, and then Inspector Deck just comes on that track and just, like, elevates it. Like, it's just a guy that... Like, yeah, they, they had that shit, man. But it, it's, a, it's a talent to be able to, to go on a, on a tune with someone with a bunch of other people and just be like, yeah, I yeah, shit. I'm going to fucking blow this. <laughs> yeah, I shit on this. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's a talent, man. And De- he manages to pull it out the hat time after time. Man. Yeah, and um, his first verse on um, what's it, Wu-Tang Forever. Yeah, uh, uh, Triumph. Yeah, fuck me. Bro, he, did it, he did it on Triumph, Cream, yeah. and um, Can It Be. Mm. Uh, and, the, and then fucking Protect Your Neck. Yeah. Like, he just had the standout verse on yeah. four songs with all different rappers on it. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, I'm the best, I'm the best. Can't make an album for shit, bro. Yeah, it's a shame. There's a lot of artists like that, though. When they're, yeah. like, they're fucking amazing, but their albums never quite never quite do it. I think it's because of that little, you like them in short bursts. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you really like them short bursts. You don't yeah. want to hear the, the, the long extensions. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's, it's very true. All right, so talk to me about this beef. What are you saying? <sighs> Because there's a lot of history around this, a lot of uh, varying views. Yeah, there's ins and outs, man. I think, looking at it, I think Jay won the war. Yeah. In terms of longevity and yeah. how, how it played out. But I think Nas won that battle. And what, I, Aoife versus TakeOver? Yeah, Aoife yeah. versus TakeOver. Um, and then, like, Super Ugly. I think that Jay kind of exposed, he, he showed his hand, kind of, mm. like, there wasn't a need, you know, like, to me that song was because you felt you was losing, Yeah, you had to bring that out, like, I think if you would have just kept it as, because it was highly contested, it was mad yeah. debatable, it was mad debatable, and it still is debatable, yeah. do you know what I mean, like, I ain't mad if you think that Jay fucking won, I'd yeah. like, but the super ugly thing, where he took it, with certain personals and certain things, like, I'm a battle rapper. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not the news though. So if I'm battling you, I'll go in on you. But I'm not trying to tell the general public anything they don't already know about you. Yeah. That's not my job. Yeah. And I think with what he did on Super Ugly, like his baby mum mentioning his daughter and that, like condoms in the car seat and yeah. rare, rare. Like, eh, I get where you, like, I get the grimy thing. I, I, Get it. I get you going there, but it seemed like you pulled that out because you know that like, you was flying and a man had you on your back and he was punching the shit out of you and you just thumbed his eyes. Yeah. That it was like that kind yeah. of shit there. Yeah. That's how it felt to me. So just off the back of that, like, oh yeah, you was losing. That's the reason you pulled that one yeah. out of the bag was because you was losing. So I give that to Nas in terms of Ethan versus Takeover. But that being said, 
overall in longevity and who yeah I think J- Jay proved himself to be the goal yeah I think it's man, you make some really good points because I, I do think like had Jay just left takeover just hanging and Aoife comes and just go I'm not even going to respond to yeah, this it's it such a it's so in a lot of ways it's difficult it's a fine balance yeah no because the streets want to hear it they the streets hear. want you to respond yeah. but I just think maybe he could have done it but the way he did it the, the angle that he took didn't sit right with yeah. me as a, as a as someone who grew up on battle rapping yeah. do you know what I mean that yeah. yeah I guess because I feel like uh, the angle that he was going with takeover was is harder for Nas to respond to because it's basically he's taking apart his legacy and his career like you know the whole thing like our oh, two albums yeah yeah, Nas, yeah I that whole I actually used that in a battle when I yeah. battled uh, Ferb T yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's part of the thing where you like, yeah, you got like a one hot album every ten, ten year average, and that's so. But that whole, uh, yeah, what he did was just it, it's it's the sign of a man under pressure. Yeah, exactly. Like that, it, it's the a desperate guy who's like, oh fuck, he's he's peppered me here. Yeah, like proper. So I'm gonna have to go. I didn't want to do it, but now I've got to go for the low blows. Like yeah. I'm absolutely, I'm gonna dismantle you in a way that, like. There's not any coming back from it. It, it became less of a friendly, like yeah. you know, like a bat. I want to see two MCs go out to yeah. see where the where the skill of the rapping is. Yeah. And instead, you kind of tore apart every kind of. And I get yeah. it. I get it because yeah. there's sometimes you. That's what. That's what's see, necessary. That's why. See for me, right? <laughs> this is why I think Jay does win it. But I think that he could have won it in a better way. Yeah. Because right? for me, it's like exactly like you said there, right? Let's think of this as like a fight to the death. Jay-Z's ended up winning because he's alive. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly but, but that. But he, he could have just, just done it in a, in a nicer looking way. Like, could have yeah. hit him with, like, an alley shuffle and then just, like, knocked him clean up. Yeah, exactly, but he did it. He stepped Dirty, on his toe and, and stabbed him behind his back. Exactly. You know, like, that kind of shit. <laughs> exactly. Because I felt like, um, so, Ether, I think is a lot of... And I've heard, um, what's his name, that Charlemagne the God talk about this. And to be fair, I kind of agree, I don't agree with a lot he says, but I agree with this, which is that... Um, Takeover is facts, and like this is what your career is. Breaks it down. These are all the shit things you've said and done. With Ether's just like you look like a camel, and yeah, yeah. you go to Tybo <laughs> classes. It's like school insults. Like there's not really anything that's like getting it, there, <coughs> which is why I think it's a shame he then yeah he ruined it with yeah because like you're, you've won because he's come back with like corny insults yeah and he's got nothing to say to you like he's got nothing on your legacy. He can't he can't get you for. What you're doing. Yeah, no, you can't. And it's like I said, we come back to earlier, um, Nas, if you listen to Ill Mike, he seemed like the guy who just started out. He's like the guy that's on yeah. the block. And then you listen to Jay and he's like the guy that's putting the pack on the block. Yeah. Like, and that's what you get from the the back and forth. Yeah. Is that, yeah, he's just saying, listen, you, you did this, you did that. Look, this one. I showed you a first gun. Really, yeah. that, this, this, where did it? Then you came back, yeah, with... Tabo ho, yeah, like yeah, look right. like a camel. It's like <laughs> yeah. fucking hell. Like, is, that, is that really happening? Like, but yeah, I gave I gave it to Nas probably just because, just because I gave it to Nas. Yeah, 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 fair. I, I think just because there's a cheap way that Jay went about it. Yeah. But just overall, man, Jay solidified his shit over. I think he signed Nas about five years after that. This, yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, which is that's the ultimate. I'm shitting on you, ain't yeah. it? Yeah, that I'm gonna sign you. Yeah, I'm the boss. Yeah, yeah it like, is a little bit. I'm your boss, 
which is a bit muggy for Nas. I, I feel with Nas, like I don't know what it is about him, right? But because I, I love him as an I artist, like, I think he's amazing, and we talk a bit about like poetry and flow and all that sort of stuff, and like he's got to be in that elite category of of people that, in terms of from a poetic point of view, and some of the ideas like gave you power. We spoke about it on the last pod. Is like one of the most like it's brilliant concepts in terms of like putting yourself in the mindset of something that can take someone's life yeah. and how that would make you feel if you didn't have control of it. Like it's, it's fucking amazing. It's the execution. Because the thing is, I wrote something like that yeah. after hearing Organised Confusion Straight Bullet. Yeah. So I wrote something like that in about 92. So you, are you saying no, I was Nine, just stealing your... Three. No, I'm not trying to say that. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, no one said that I couldn't even find a paper if I tried but I like just based off straight the song Straight Bullet, yeah, yeah. I'd thought, that's a good that's a concept for a, a song. So I had tried to craft something similar. Yeah. Um, but obviously I was a teenage boy, like yeah, I barely yeah. had hair on my balls. <laughs> you know what I, mean? like, I was a little man them times. But um is the execution that he did, how he did it, not just what he did. Yeah. Anyone can say, oh, do you know what's a good idea for a song? Yeah, yeah I'm gonna write a song about being a gun. Yeah, <laughs> like, of course you are, bro. Yeah. But fuck. He really wrote a song about being a guy. He he he, every, he just resonated. Everything yeah. was so well executed, man. Which is what, which is what gave him that status. Yeah, it's the thing that elevated him above so many rappers, and really above so many good rappers mm. at that time, was that he could kind of straddle the line between hardcore hip hop and commercial hip hop and real lyricism. Yeah. That just was kind of in between the two. Like Black Girl Lost is one of my favourite songs mm. of all time. And even from the skit at the beginning, which is like he and they talking that back to Africa shit again. Yeah. And the picture that paints. <laughs> yeah. Just of where they are right there. Just that where the real niggas popping that crystal. <laughs> <laughs> like and then the song he goes into, it just paints that that wall. Yeah. And I think he's Nas strikes me as that guy who's really good at looking at a scenario and as like a like an empath sort of. So being able to put himself in that situation yeah. and tell you about it from that perspective. Yeah. Whereas I think Jay, the difference between him and Jay is Jay don't go there. Jay will only tell you something from his. He's not going to put himself in your point of view. Yeah. He's only going to tell you his point of view. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the the poetic aspect of Nas, the, the the way he put stuff together, man. Like there's no one else that could have made that song. Uh, I know I can. Yeah. No one could have done that. The, yeah. Just the way he did it. Dance. Um. One more dance. One last dance. I think it's mm. cool. It. Only Nas can make these songs. Yeah, one the, mic as well. One mic. Mm. The world is yours. Life's a bitch. Like the the whole ilmatic up. Yeah, Nas can only make that. You know what yeah, I mean? We course. can go on and on. But yeah, he's there's certain songs that yeah. Only he can make that. Only yeah. he can do that thing there. Yeah. And, like, yeah, he's, like, I love that kid, right? Yeah. Now, and he's so important. Well, this slides nicely into my next question for you. Uh-huh. So, we talk all the time in hip-hop, everyone's like, who's the best five? Who's the best? Who's this? Who's the GOAT? All this shit, right? And I think that there's a certain conversation to be had about, like, who is the best and how you work that out based on, like, metrics and numbers yeah. and all the rest of it, you know, album sold plus this plus that, right? Which is why I'd put Jay... Overall, yeah, as the absolute, the geese had a twenty-five year career, <laughs> hot streak. Yes, yeah, not like, bad. He's even got a line where he says, "Who else held you down six summers?" Man? Yeah, like year after year, Jay put out a product and Jay kept it. He and he managed to stay relevant, 
and keep it abreast of whatever we're that whole give it to me, yeah. give me that funk that that's Neptune's so like so far away. removed yeah. from reasonable doubt. Yeah. Yet it's still so Jay Z. Yeah. Um change clothes as well. Change look and then do you know what one time I remember oh there was a show on channel four. I forget it had a light skinned girl and then the, the gay Jewish kid. They used to present a show in the morning time. Oh yeah, as uh, Simon Amstel and yep. um and, and I forget her name, but Change Clothes was on there. Um and she was like, I don't know what he's talking about. I, like the, after they played the first yeah, yeah. verse of the song, and I was thinking, do you know whether you know it or not, do you know that's one of Jay's best verses? Yeah. Listen to what he says on the first verse of Change Clothes. Yeah. It sounds like nothing, and it sounds like that way because of what he's doing to the beat. Yeah. Because of how he's bouncing off the beat and and did the rhyming structure, yeah. But the stuff he's saying, yeah. Like okay, Jay really Jay know how to do this stuff, man. So yeah, I think overall, um, Jay would be if you don't put him in the greatest of all time conversation. He's got to go in there with guys like LL Cool J. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking, so we had this discussion before and I was saying like, if you if you think about, if you take everything into consideration, right, so you talk about like critical and commercial success, right, so they've got to sell a lot of records, uh, at least at one point, they've got to have a classic album, they've got to have a certain level of longevity, all the rest of it, right, I, I kind of think that most people, you might swap like one or two, most people would say Jay-Z, Eminem, Tupac, Biggie, and then A and other, right, so something. That would be the interchangeable one. But those other four, they would always yeah. be in that pinnacle because they'd have all those things that people are asking yeah, for. Yeah, for right? real critical acclaim, commercial success, classic album. Yeah, they... they like they, quotables, like they yeah. all have that. So like, like Eminem and Jay, for example, the critical success, they had it. Like first couple of albums, Jay, Jay's had it even with like 444, like had a lot of critical success. Mm, yeah, commercial really success, we know they've done mad numbers. And it's like the other two, like so, like Tupac, like had again, like mad critical success, sold loads of records. Biggie had critical success, yeah. sold loads of records. Now those two were taken like before, but they, so they have that little nostalgia element. Yeah, yeah. But essentially, like those, those four, and then you can you can always find a fifth place that people won't agree on. But essentially, most people, I think, that's a pretty good. Show. I've never maybe even maybe Nas like is fifth. To be maybe Nas is fifth. I've never even thought about it like that to be honest. But yeah, that's. In terms of critical success, and I think that you like you said, in terms of like record sold, yeah, hot streaks, this that you've got to put M in there. M cheating though, yeah, like one hundred percent. And when we get into my top five, yeah. like M defo cheating because he had an audience that no one else was exposed to, of course, and it couldn't really be exposed yeah. to. But Jay been it like even M's career doesn't mm. outlast Jay's, mm, exactly. Like fuck, four forty four is like. You know, a lot of people talking about that as being like, forget any legacy, just an album that was released that year. People were like, that's one of the best albums yeah, this year. Yeah, straight up and down. Uh, like, the story of OJ fucking blew me away. Like, I was no, like, fucking The first hell. time I heard that, I rewound that song so... Like, I was phoning people yeah. to say, have you heard what he like? Yeah. And the thing is, if you... When you listen to it, I, I was with my, my, my barber. Shout out my barber, Ill Rittens, right? Shout out my man. He only lived down the road. Um... I get all my new hip hop from me. Like he's from yeah. Brownsville. Okay. Yeah, he's oh, from shit. Brownsville, New York. That yeah. MOP boy. Yeah, yeah, like. Um, but he's lived here for 23 years, maybe. Right? I've known him 20 years of that. 
that's my guy. He goes back. Um, yeah. yeah, we go way back together, man. Since like, I mean, I was a kid with this guy. That's great. Um, but he keeps me abreast of all anything new that's popping. Like I yeah. said, I got into Thirty Eight Special recently. That's cause of him. When uh, like Nipsey, Nipsey just passed. Rest yeah. in peace, Nipsey Hustle. But the guy that put me onto Nipsey Hustle was was my barber. Do you know what I mean? Like he put me on this shit. Here. Um, and. That, actually, you know what? I've completely forgot my train of thought thinking about my barber. But <laughs> um, in terms of like that M being up there, quite up there. Yeah. And then J, just the legacy so much. And it, like, it just goes so much deeper and mm. so much stronger. The, the 444, that was it, yeah. yeah. He, he, he keeps me onto everything. So he gave me this album, this 444. And I'm sitting there like, I, this first song, you analyse it, you go back... And there's a lyric where he says, uh, there's a disconnect. You, you, on the, you on the ground putting money to your hair. There's a disconnect. We don't call that money over here. And I was sitting with my barber getting my hair cut. And I was like, did you, did you hear the disconnect call? Yeah. Like, and he was like, oh, shit. Yeah, because it's, it's a lyric by itself. Mm. But when you just look at it a little bit closer. Because yeah. there's a disconnect. We don't call that money over here. That's a line by itself. But just the fact it's disconnect and call that. Yeah. And it... Just a little extra wordplay. I know. And you're it's like, phenomenal. Ugh. And I think that yeah, part of him was like, because that album's a lot about uh, kind of the social like climate in the States. And a lot of, again, a lot about him now basically getting out of where he was and looking at kind of economic situations in inner city parts of America mm-hmm. and looking at areas of the black community over there and saying like, look, we need to be more like kind of, we need to have like more financial education. Yeah. And a lot of it is about like yeah money management and understanding the value of of money, but I think it's like also it's him going to every rapper. Yeah, I'm still the way best. richer than you. I'm yeah. still the best as well. Like, yeah, I'll no, still, straight, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll out rap you, and I've sold more yeah, records, I've got and more I've money, got more yeah. money, and that I got the hottest chick in the game wearing yeah. my chain. Yeah. <laughs> like still, did I mean yeah? Do you know what I think it was? I think it's like uh, if you like, I don't know like people around your area, yeah. And there's always like that kid who's like really hard and tough that everyone's afraid of. It's like every so often, for no reason, he just beats someone. Up. So, <laughs> you, so just up. to remind you, like if you ever step out of line, like you're getting it. I feel like Jay was just like sitting there thinking, okay, I want to put something that important, but I'm not just going to say it route one. I'm going to just remind everyone. Yeah. I am still the best rapper the best. alive. And, and you better fucking no up. promo. And you're gonna like you're gonna really find out yeah. my numbers. You're gonna see what I can yeah. do. And like yeah, boom. Just shitted on everybody. Which is amazing. Shitted on everybody. So yeah, so I think that's I think that's like I said, it's it's hard to um you know, you can analyse everyone's like who they think is the best. But I think what's more interesting is who's like your personal favourites. Um yeah, yeah. so this can be UK as well, but it's like who your uh, five personal favourite. So that brings us to the end of part one with Tony D. Uh, if you want to head over and listen to part two, we go into uh, Jay-Z's flow. We talk about uh, Jay-Z and Nas beef. We get into some more uh, general hip-hop chat. We hear about Tony's top five too, which is also amazing. Um, so yeah, head over to, to part two of this podcast and uh, go from there. Peace. <laughs>